0: This is Aaron Specht with Cardinal Catastrophe Services again. On this podcast episode, I would like to talk about something that we call the long con of the risk industry. So this is illustrated, and I use this all the time when I'm teaching people. um, Hell, I'll use this on sales calls. I'll use this when I'm talking to a relatively intelligent uh, homeowner that maybe understands how it all works. But I'll, I'll say this and this is called the long con of the risk industry so the, what the long con of the risk industry is is this when there is large hail large damaging hail when there's a large damaging hail what the insurance companies will do is they will flood they'll inundate the zip codes with a ton of adjusters if we remember our adjuster uh if you remember the kinds of adjusters that we have From maybe one of our previous episodes when we go through adjusters. um, The insurance companies will flood the zip codes with a lot of adjusters, third-party adjusters, staff adjusters, uh, CAD adjusters. And basically, what every adjuster will do is they're writing claims as fast as they can. It's like triage. You know, they'll write, they'll get assigned 10-15 houses a day, and they're writing claims as fast as they can. Now they're writing these claims with the intention of not paying everything so they'll sure they'll write up the roof they'll write up uh, a wall or two of siding they'll write up gutters but they're gonna write these up as light as possible in the business we call we call them short rights so the long con of the risk industry is sure yes when there is large hail the insurance adjusters the insurance companies are writing claims writing claims writing claims all intentionally underpaid and then the long con of the risk industry is this then they say get three bids so you think about this think about the logic behind this if you are obtaining three bids from three roofers or three contractors to get the work done from the hail damage to your home if you are obtaining three bids from what already is intentionally underpaid who wins the insurance companies win so when you get into this with your homeowners and say listen at cardinal catastrophe services at at any of our cat server locations our job is to go through your claim and hold your insurance company accountable so sure we can bang out your roof relatively quickly but We're gonna go through with a fine tooth comb. We're gonna do a full inspection. We're going to make sure that everything is itemized out and we're gonna make sure that everything that you are supposed to get put on your claim to have your house indemnified full, whole, is put on your claim. So with Cardinal, with Cardinal Catastrophe Services, a lot of our claims aren't gonna happen very fast. You know, we'll get the roof done relatively quickly, but we do have a lot of negotiating that's involved and if you understand the long con of the risk industry, this can pretty much help you teach your homeowners that we are in this together. We're really good at the negotiating. We're really good at getting things added to the claim. You know, we've got the Xactimate software license, but we may need some help from you, from the homeowner, to get this stuff all covered. As far as uh, you know, helping us negotiate, and we'll we'll do all the heavy lifting. But we will let you know when it's time for you, the homeowner, who is, I mean, ultimately you're the client with the insurance company, we will get you involved. But think about the long con of the risk industry. If you go into each claim knowing this, and if you go into this with a helpful teaching, you know, mindset and attitude with your homeowners, your claims will go better. And also, you know, you will get forgiveness from your homeowners if your claims take longer than maybe their neighbor their neighbors claims. Okay, that's it for this episode, this small part of this podcast, the long con of the risk industry. Hope this makes sense and we'll have hundreds more small snippets, small little podcasts to help you with your Cardinal Catastrophe Services, any of the cat serve uh, entities, venture with managing claims, and really we want to make sure that you are first in storm damage. Have a great day. Welcome back, this is Aaron Specht, Cardinal Catastrophe Services, President and CEO. So with this training piece, with this training podcast, I want to go through, and this will be a several part series, I want to go through the color meeting Uh, or the down payment meeting, we call it. So when a job goes live for Cardinal Catastrophe Services, we wanna sit down with the homeowner. Now they should already be under contract. Um, Hopefully you got that contract signed before the adjuster appointment. But when we actually go pick up the first payment check, the ACV check, um, we wanna go through and do what we call a color meeting. We call it a color meeting because this is when you pick your shingle color. I guess we've uh, called it color meeting since we started all this stuff. Um, Color meeting, I also call it a down payment meeting. So I'm really clear with my clients that we are picking up money. There will be a money transaction. So what we wanna do is you wanna make sure that uh, the the insurance company has sent the ACB payment You also want to make sure the homeowner understands that if there is a mortgage um, or any kind of mortgage endorsement, um, they take it to the bank or they mail it out or follow whatever procedure, whatever protocol their mortgage company uh, is requiring. And that'll be another training session. We'll go through the mortgage process because that can be very cumbersome and nothing will piss you off more than when you uh, go to do your color meeting and you gave real clear instructions and the homeowner didn't pay attention to what you had to say, and they didn't get the mortgage uh, to endorse the first ACV payment, and then you don't get to pick up a check, and it delays your job, your commission. Uh, it is just kind of part of it. But uh, you want to make sure that uh, you have the SFD, the summary for dwelling, the scope of damage from the insurance adjuster and from the, from the homeowner. Um, they give that to you. Uh, You should already have our insurance restoration contract, or we also call that our authorization of the insured. That should be signed uh, by the homeowner, so we're officially hired. And then basically what you're going to do is uh, uh, hopefully you've already delivered shingle samples, and if there's any other uh, additional work above and beyond the roof, Um, hopefully you have a color swatch with you, uh rainwear or with Rolex, so you can make sure you get the gutter color, soffit fascia color, drip edge color especially, and the shingle color and the drip edge color should be written on the contract and initialed by your homeowner. Okay, then what you'll do is you'll have uh, uh, several other forms that you'll go through, and I'll break each one of these forms out uh, in a different training part. So the way that I do this and the way that I recommend we sell this is uh, when you sit down with the homeowner. And let me back up one more thing, too. Make sure when you're doing your color meeting, this should not be fast. This should not be something you slam through. The more clear you can explain what we do, uh, the more detailed you can explain our process. From ordering the roofing system to how we order all of our stuff to the labor. Um, That's really important that this is all communicated during this color meeting. This will eliminate any questions, any complaints, any problems, because you've been super clear up front with the homeowner during this color meeting. So the first thing we'll do is we'll grab that SFD, that scope of damage, and we're going to go through the insurance scope paperwork, the SFD. We'll go through line by line. Take your time with this. A lot of times it'll be broken out. Their Xactimate or their their SFD will be broken out by roof, house roof, any other structures. Um, Usually it'll be, you know, front, back, right, left, uh, east, west, north, south. Uh, All the elevations generally will be broken out. Now, there's not a standard procedure for this. Every adjuster kind of writes their SFDs, their insurance scope paperwork. Every adjuster writes the insurance paperwork and it's kind of a fingerprint by reading it's kind of a fingerprint what I mean by that is when you review the scope of damage from the adjuster you can tell if they're good if they're bad you can tell if it's a short write you can tell if it's a favorable you can just tell how how good the adjuster is by how they write that scope paperwork so I want to go through and you know most homeowners may have had a look at it some of them some of your homeowners will you know have that uh, everything written down and they'll have, you know, figures and they'll kind of have everything money-wise already in their head. Most of them won't. So when you're reviewing the SFD with the homeowner, you know, you want to go through and explain, you know, this is covering all of our costs. This is covering, you know, this is all exactimate pricing. So it's going to tell us what all this stuff costs. We're not making, we're not making up the figures. The insurance company says the roof is 10 grand. And then that's what the roof costs. Um, a lot of times I'll go through and and uh, I'll go through line by line or I'll go through, you know, if they've already re- reviewed it and they're pretty clear as to what we're doing, if we're going line by line um, off the SFD, we'll just make sure they're aware of the work that we're doing. And, you know, the basically the SFD ends up being our work order. We're working right off that. Now, if you are going to do a change order, I would advise you. To do that will do that at a different time that's how i do it i will go through and, and uh, review the scope i will review the contract if they have any questions about the contract um, then i will do the pre-install disclaimer then i will do the pre-install financial disclosure um, then I will do the receipt of funds or at that time I'll do the change order. I like to really, it's really important. And we have this documentation, uh, done for a purpose. Um, I really advise you to make sure, especially you go through your financial disclosure form, go through that before you do the change order. Because what that'll do is that'll clearly spell out that they have to pay their deductible, that, um, uh, You know, the first check, the second check, how the depreciation holdback works, all that's all explained right there. So when you get the homeowners that are trying to do a money grab, you can kind of kill that right then and there. So um, the insurance restoration contract, you know, some homeowners are going to want to go through all the lines on the back. Some of the homeowners are going to want to go through all this and and really want to know what they're under contract for. So the message with the insurance Uh, restoration contract or the authorization of the insured. A couple things about this that you need to know. And uh, I would say if you're selling for Cardinal, if you're a project manager for any of the CATSERV, you better know this contract. You know, this contract is a legal binding. It's what's called a legal binding intent to repair agreement. Um, It also is a contingency contract. So what that means is It's an intent-to-work contract, meaning that we intend to do all the line items that is listed on the insurance SFD. So that's an intent to do the work. So the intent-to-repair agreement, more often than not, will be sent into the insurance company with some other paperwork to get the depreciation holdback money released. And then it's a contingency contract because it says that in the unlikely event that the insurance claim is denied... This contract is null and void. So the cool thing is, we're very upfront, we're very transparent about this. We are hired to get your roof and everything else approved by insu- your insurance company. Should they deny the claim, we're not responsible. The homeowner can cancel the contract, and we're not responsible for doing the repair. As a company, we don't like, we don't do partials, we don't do repairs. So it's important to know this part of the insurance contract uh, another big piece of the contract is uh i would get really comfortable and get really you should memorize this i think you should know that uh, the contract says the insured agrees the insured and the insurance insurance carrier agree let's see the replacement cost value the insured and the insurance insurance carrier ah shit i'm gonna have to Pause this and start over. Um, the insured agrees that Cardinal Catastrophe Services will be paid the replacement cost value, the RCV, the replacement cost value that the insured and the insured's insurance carrier deem necessary for the work described within the claim herein. Some kind of legalese like that. So basically, I'll have to come back and edit that, but basically, what this is saying is we are under contract for the replacement cost value. So that's the big number on the insurance scope paperwork. So what the RCV means is the first check, the ACV check, the depreciation holdback payment, the out-of-pocket deductible, and any supplements, any any code upgrades, anything else added to the claim. So the nuts and bolts of this contract are saying that Cardinal is paid all the insurance money and the deductible. So this is really clear in here that their out-of-pocket deductible comes to Cardinal. Um, Some other things on the back, just to, you know, you should know, you know, that um, we don't warranty any, we we won't warranty certain things like uh, ice damming, uh, skylights, wind-driven rain. There's some weather anomalies that we, no roofing company will will warranty. Um, This contract also says in a couple different places any overhead and profit, any op, any ten and ten overhead and profit, is part of this contract. So many times, and we'll have another training session for overhead and profit and why that's so important to understand. But the insurance companies pay overhead and profit, and the homeowners don't get the. I sold it to his buddy. Mm-hmm. We were, I mean, that hurt. I mean, that was oh, yeah. that's a thousand dollars. You can't bury. I mean, you know, there's not big margins in this stuff. Yeah. I, I can't eat a thousand dollars, especially first year business. No,
1: not any year of business. It doesn't matter what year yeah. it is, it's just yeah, not very, fair for you to have to eat a thousand dollars because somebody's unfaithful and truthful.
0: So, this is something. We may take this back to CERD Pro and uh, use this. this is something we call a free install financial discussion. Because I'm sure when you do insurance claims, how many times do people think that their deductible is their payment? They okay? Oh, yeah. Or they say, oh no, my insurance company already paid it. So what we do is we kind of go through and explain some acronyms that we use and then how the money works. So um, I'll just quickly bang through it. The first thing we talk about is the SFD, the Summer for Dwelling or the Scope of Damage. Um, and, that's this thing so we already have it um, there's a good chance with travelers when we put in for the ice and water shield and the um, uh, permit they may kick out a new scope of damage so if they do send it to us we can update our records um, that'll help us so we're actually invoicing for the correct replacement cost value number um, next thing is ACV so in the business that's your actual cash value payment or the first check in the business so um, that's what we'll pick up today if it's ready um, the next thing is the replacement cost value so the replacement cost is all the insurance proceeds plus your out-of-pocket deductible plus any supplements so um, that's inevitably or at the end of this that's what we're going to be hired for to do the work for the replacement cost value um, the depreciation that's recoverable depreciation so the easiest way I explain to my homeowners is Depreciation on a homeowner's policy is a lot different than when you buy a new viewer and you drop it off the lot and it loses value. On a homeowner's policy, unless you have specific you know, specific policy language, it just means hold back money. So do we get that for you. They just don't pay the front. They're hoping that you know people get bids and they think they're going to keep the difference of money. That's kind of how all this works. We say, no, that's recovered depreciation. We get that for you. And then, let's see, deductible payment is different than your premium deductibles, what you pay to your contractor. In your case, it's 500 bucks, you know, most of the time, that's, uh, or all the time, that's included in the replacement cost. So your replacement cost is your first insurance check, your depreciation to hold back insurance check, any supplements, and your out-of-pocket deductible. All of those numbers equal your replacement, your your, your RCD. So be, I'm sure you know if you ever had to deal with collections how people all of a sudden don't think they have to pay that.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of, uh, (laughs) We have to prove, you know, that we actually go do the work or home, or like if there's a loan on the home, because some people won't. Get mortgage involved, yeah, they won't get the work done, yeah. and they have a five hundred thousand dollar house, and they have their yeah, well, brothers doing it. Yeah. yeah, because they're not going to insure your five hundred thousand dollar house if you just did a we just made a five thousand dollar claim and you did a hundred dollars in work, yeah. and then when you go to resell the house, it's damaged. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's. A, it. We know
0: that like no. The, the last thing I talk about is the mortgage endorsement of the mortgage process. So we have a full staff that can help assist if they need anything. A lot of times, I'll need affidavits, pre lien waivers, post lien waivers, roofing license, insurance, whatever they need, we have it for you. Just let us know. Um, a lot of times, that roofers and contractors hate insurance claims because it pays super slow you know they pay crazy slow I mean if you deal with insurance you know slowly I'll pay yeah
1: 30 to 50 days
0: it just depends yeah and you know we tell the mortgage company that's escrow the stuff release it in yeah. thirds and charge you now they're charging for the inspection we actually start charging that inspection back to the insurance company and
1: they're paying it mm-hmm. we do free inspection but
0: you know the mortgage company yeah. will send somebody out mm-hmm. to, they charge to, to, yeah. to verify the work well that's supposed to go against our CV we're going no 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 why is that our cost. That's part of the claim. Yeah. So if there's a cost associated to this, this wasn't a <coughs> the loss, right? So we charge that to the insurance company now. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's if it was a company size surf think about how many millions of dollars that would be if it's thirty bucks a pop times mm-hmm. however many, many millions of claims you do. And then let's see, deductible payment, uh, supplemental invoices, uh, additional payments. We will have uh, permit and. Um, Ice and water added to the back oh. end of this depreciation, so we know we're going to get. Uh... Ow. <laughs> Ow. Oh, oh,
1: oh! Well, no, <laughs> <familiar. laughs> he doesn't like the potato. He's out of no. He's out of no, 15, he's out 50, 70, meat.
0: We'll <laughs> probably, and if you add 100 bucks on the back end, I don't know how much ice and water, probably oh, no. could be up to 500 coming back in. Okay. So well, that will just be added to this. We'll get all that released for you, awesome. and call it a day. Ooh, what's This wasn't her, was it? Oh. Chad. Chad, Chad. Chad Hawkins. Is, this a good year? Is he a staff adjuster? Uh he had a lot of guy out. Uh, he
1: had a rough day today. Yeah, yeah, he hard fell through dude. someone's <laughs> roof at the house before our house. Yeah. He just, like went through it. He was like, uh <laughs> Yeah, that guy,
0: yeah. Okay. You can tell it worked out. It happened late in the day because you can tell he was just like, I'm done. By the time he got here, he was like, he was getting out of here like he 10 minutes. He didn't even get on
1: the like, roof. He was like, He's not, like, not man, happening. There's a methodology to this. I would yeah. say
0: whenever possible, <laughs> I want to. Do so okay, are you yeah. done? Because you conversely, done? you get the opposite. You get, you get okay. most of these guys like this. To get after it so uh, get the first adjustment yeah. of the day and they're just hungover, sure. then they just got hung just over and hung over or hungry
1: them. unless you bring them donuts yeah. <laughs> so we
0: always want you know we always want the latest <laughs> appointment and a lot of times we'll want to see who the adjuster is we'll look it up in our system to see if anybody has a relationship with them in this case we knew there was a ladder assist coming so Kirby Hancock there and then um yeah. Now, this had a
1: question on the uh, yes. on the uh, well, the
0: deductible. Um, it looks like on their estimate they'd already taken that out, yes. Um, so is that something I'm still gonna have to, yes, yes, write yes. A check for? Or, yeah, so a, what the deductible is, if right you there. if you add this up, um, the deductible is factored into the replacement cost, right? So they, they didn't add it, they took it out. So if you look at this number, the replacement cost is 66.84. Yeah. They're gonna subtract that 15.7285. That's in parentheses, we're gonna get yep. that. And they give you what they call actual cash value. Right. They're gonna subtract that $500. So the check that you have today is 46.11.75. Yep. If you add all that up, it ends up being, that 500 is added to that. So you'll pay that at the end. I can shrink that based on reviews two hundred fifty. Okay. And then if we get any referrals, we can actually this pay you Benjamin if you pay nothing. Okay. I usually okay. do that. I mean, right. pay cash for referrals. So, yeah, okay. that's why we, when I go through this uh, uh, deductible payment. Deductible payment is the out-of-pocket Sorry, okay. okay. So a lot of people might get that confused. Sure, with, yeah. that well, looks like it already it's already you, subtracted yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But if you do the math forward yeah. between the, uh, the first check, the uh, out-of-pocket, and the 1572 for cover depreciation, yeah. it will equal that. Sure. But we have, uh, like I said, we, we can help you with the. Uh, Okay. Um, okay yeah we, we, i'll send you a link when we're done okay. and it's like google review and letters recommendation all that we okay. can reviews. Yeah, I'll we that can, anyway i can we can we can get that lower get
1: do you mind do you have business cards with you too i can take Absolutely. back to my store. do you guys would you do you travel like areas we're,
0: yeah we're, okay we we're, we're, we're have an office in maplewood so okay we pretty much cover all of metro st louis
1: yeah because like i said our our territory is, our is up, Here, up north Monroe Randolph from Washington County, Illinois. So I, my office is actually in Millstock Illinois. Oh, you're south, south. Yeah. So we have a lot of, like, farm rural co- places. Yeah, actually. And the issue we run into is nobody wants to go that
0: far. Contractors yeah, don't want to go that do. far.
1: Roofers don't want to go that far. My, back um,
0: uh, Ben, one of our craft managers that just passed his Hague cert- residential roofing certification, he is from, uh, um, What's, what's north of the stop?
1: Columbia or Waterloo?
0: Um, dang it. Belleville, no, more toward... Um, east of Belleville. God dang it. Where's my phone? Let me see. <laughs> but we've got Ben. He lives he lives down there, so he services yeah, a lot of field, stuff. Yeah, that's good, though. That's a good thing to know, because like I said, we run into that all the time when
1: somebody needs something and I can't get a contractor out there.
0: Yeah, all the time.
1: But nobody wants to go. Like we, our driving radius is about two hours. We'll go as far as two hours. Why am I
0: forward. so brain dead? Mascuda.
1: Mascuda. Okay. Yep.
0: That's where he's the office out of. So I told him if he sell, if he generates that business, we put, put a satellite office in his garage if he wanted. Yeah. Eddie. Anyway, Eddie, he yelling. He's eating <laughs> bacon
1: right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, um, do, you, do you have that check? Yeah. Yeah. The down yeah. Check? yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, what was your estimate as far as how much you think it's going to oh. cost you pretty much just go right off we go the right up right yeah. Up. Yeah. We go right off the And then side like down. he said, he's
1: going to request that. Yeah. What did you call it? Yeah. Fire yeah. and ice? Oh, oh, ice and water. Ice and water. Sorry. The way we built
0: the business uh, is the contract's written to do the work as the insurance pays so right. and if we can have anything more, yeah. we will. Gotcha. But then
1: okay. you submit that to the insurance company? What
0: we do no. is we send in our contract, which it's a two-part contract. It's a contingency contract. and then Legal binding intent to repair agreement. Mm-hmm. So we'll send that in with whatever we have in the system that they require, mm-hmm. and we'll get that. Pay- we'll get that second check. Usually we will get that second check sent to you before or while the roof's going up. Cool. We try to get that. Get, we try to get that moving pretty quick. Okay. So. Because that's, that's what I was question. I didn't know The that second point. check for the uh, appreciation. appreciation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, we'll get that. And in. is that something that uh, that goes to
1: him, doesn't too? Yeah.
0: Possible that's my question. Yeah. Yeah, so if we look at the um, way we design this, and I'm sure you, you guys do a similar contract where it's a replacement cost contract?
1: Uh, because we actually get paid directly from the insurance company, right. not the customer. Like, we, when we submit a claim in, the checks are made to Sir of Monroe and the customer. So we
0: the customer have that on ours too, the assignment of benefits in mm-hmm. here. So, it's a newer thing in the in this side of the business, so we don't have, like our national office gets all those checks we were listed as a payee as well. 461175? Mm-hmm. So, four, one, 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 yep, 461175. Six, five. But the way we wrote this, is it says the insurance agrees that Cardinal Catastrophe Services will be paid the replacement cost value that the insured and the insured's insurance carrier agree upon for the work necessitated by the claim herein, including supplemental invoices, deductible operating profit. So we know that at minimum, we, we, we know especially with this one, this is a pretty straightforward Forward. bang bang, the roof is reporting the bounce And because we carry the same estimating software called Xactimate, if this was wrong or let's say they short shingles, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna send in you know, I look kinda of familiar, I'm gonna send in since we have the same software on atmosphere. That's good, yeah, because Xactimate across the board is pricing. Hey, that's yep. Cardinal
1: cat works this way too. Yeah, that's that's good, we like Xactimate, one, the prices are a little bit higher, which gives you
0: a little more money. What I tell a new person is, if you can't make it work with Xactimate pricing, we're doing something wrong. Wrong, yeah. But then we have noticed, um, in the Mechureese especially, okay. paintings in windows, They've uh, kind of started the gouge. So like all the window companies are 20% higher. Than exact, than exactly the, so, yeah. so that caused a pain for it's us. It's good. I was just thinking about getting some, uh, getting asked for the windows on the garage at this place. Yeah. And then when I researched it, I was like, you know what, forget it. Now her stepdad is just helping me do it. We're just doing yeah. it ourselves. Cause
1: yeah, and absolutely. It right. would have been crazy. And the cost would have been more. It's just better to see it windows yourself. It would have been everything and so you do get the permit from the city of edwardsville yep. i know they're extremely
0: yeah we have we have a yeah, bunch of blanks in the historical offices offices we're yeah here. this side this of the side road of the street, is the
1: historical that's district that's
0: too that's we will have to get a permit that will go through historic, but we're not changing anything.
1: That's so, what they say as long as you're not changing anything. Don told me this actually in the backyard yesterday. should be a problem. He's one of the head members. Only this side of the street is in the historical District. Yeah, like
0: our, you know, where Cardinal Kent is, 214 Hillsboro, We've got a section of our office is in the historic. This, and I'm trying to cut it a dormer. And we actually are going to have to sue the city of Edwardsville to get this thing to fly because we have somebody with the power trip that works, that's on the, the historic board isn't budget. Don't a head
1: one of the head people in the real
0: board. board. Yeah. It's a contractor that's pushing. It's a contractor that's that's one of the heavy hitters. Well that's what happened here. So Meyer yeah. Property owns this house. Yeah, because he actually told okay. me uh
1: Meyer property owns this house right here and they had renters and their sump pump was draining into our basement and I had water damage like four times. So I called them and asked them to fix the sump pump drain and then they reported us to the city of edwardsville and said our paint was peeling on the building and don was so
0: mad
1: Don was like, i'm going to say something to the historical district this is ridiculous the
0: only problem i've ever had with permitting is for our office that we own downtown for our little building yeah you know where the heaven bakery is you know where we are you know know where uh grogan's karate is downtown yeah and then you know that bakery right across the street we're the tan building the aveda salon um, we all have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I go
1: Eddie and I go to that Momentum Health and Fitness right down there. Okay. Um, it's like a women's. They have like Gym. they do all kinds of stuff for like pregnant women and babies and moms. Yeah, and they're yeah. on Hillsboro. Okay. They're in that building. that has got like the big steps, like concrete steps. Oh
0: yeah, it's got the yoga place. Right? Yeah. 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 Not I'm not. I'm not a
1: yoga guy, but. Um, are, you, buddies, are you showing him you like <laughs> Never
0: heard me doing yoga. Uh, uh. The football players
1: so we did yoga Eddie and i so did fun. yoga once yeah, but yeah. we're both yeah. too loud for yoga it lasted about 10 minutes and we were good yeah. <laughs> are you showing him mr doodles look showing him. show him mr doodle yeah. it's a guinea pig actually he's a giant guinea pig too. So this will turn into
0: a working receipt i'll leave this with you but we'll probably add a couple payments or two on this
1: um
0: <laughs> He's like giant
1: compared to most. In the but I think it's all hair. Ah, he's pretty really fantastic.
0: Know. Is he? We'll get all this load in the system, put the reporter in, and let's see. We'll get the permit, oh, we'll put the supplement in for ice and water. Pretty, I don't want to say oh, yeah. easy, but it's a easier. One. So we'll do, uh, we'll it. well, anyway, <laughs> that's what I saw. I so said, we have a pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> Rain we've had storms everything yeah we've well we've got collinsville like collinwood kind of behind all the subdivision yeah, subdivisions yeah. hit pretty hard yeah. so we've got a bunch of slow-moving jobs but we've got a bunch down there and then our our office across the river um, in maplewood we've got paper uh, in wildwood and, uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: they got hit. It's well. tough
0: in Missouri though because it's the. I say for people that don't know the roofing industry, Missouri is the wild wild west when it comes to roofing. You don't need a roofing license, and there is no code enforcement. No code at all. So oh. we we see a lot of houses with no drip seven layers, and <laughs> everything short of the shingles being put on upside Sh- like down, yeah. and it's a, it's a shit show. I'm oh, it's a, yeah. And, we, took us, you know, we opened up an office in North Minnesota in Nashville before we opened to in St. Louis just because of how the competitors and it's just a, it's a hard place to work. Yeah. But there is a lot of work there. So we're starting to get our brand out and people are trying to get Yeah, if you go out there and do the right work yeah, out there, then they're going to the appreciate it. We just, just signed two of that. I heard about you at a restaurant, but well, we heard about you at the grocery oh, store. Oh, yeah. It like, okay, it's good. working. It took a couple of years, but it's going. Yeah. Okay, so um, we have each other's texts and everything, so we have Tyler's information. I get everything loaded, so we're going to go for it. So just let me know when you think yep, the so roof will worst, worst case scenario, you come I home and there's shingles on your roof. It. Okay. Um, you just don't text don't us. Know. Sometimes yeah. we can't control mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. The like so Normally we get the acknowledgments we'll get an we'll email from our team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just shows up. I okay, so, it. so I'll just wait to see it show up and then I'll contact you. We will. I'm going to do my best. Where, you know, that's ordered, but okay. it's arriving, but don't get mad at me if so. oh. it just show up. No worries. Good night. Hey, we're Cardinal people. Cool. Rock and roll. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Any questions? All right. We will get out of your hair, and we'll go put this in. And... Good day. Welcome to Cardinal Catastrophe Services. This is Aaron Specht giving you a, another podcast, another Cardinal CAST training. This specific uh, podcast, I'm gonna talk about um, one of the forms that we go through with the customer when we are turning a new job into production. So the form I'm gonna talk about is called the pre installed Disclosure and Precautionary Statement. So. This is one of the steps of your color meeting. So as you are turning jobs into production live, you're going to sit down uh, with your customer, with your homeowner, and you're going to do what we call a color meeting. So the color meeting is one of the most important parts of our business in terms of communicating everything and setting expectations and really setting the control level of how the job is going to run, you know, expectations and how everything works. So one of the most important forms is called the pre-installed disclosure precautionary statement. So it has uh, several items that you'll go through with the customer, and then you'll initial it and have the customer sign the end of it. So the very and what you want this to do is you want to go through each one in your, own, in your own language, in your own style, and then just kind of talk about how it applies to how you're managing a job. So the first thing we talk about is access. So what we say is our crews do not use roll-up dumpsters unless there's a special requirement, multiple layer roofs or something like that. But you wanna say that uh, we do use our own rubber tired recycling trailers. So we have access listed. So um, as we get closer to putting your roof on, you know we're gonna to wanna to back that dump trailer as close as we can to your house. And we don't wanna block any cars in this is also important to know too that um, we will rooftop deliver your shingles to your house so in the event that you have a super fancy driveway or if you know your driveway won't withstand the weight of a boom truck we need to know that right now in other words we're not in the business of crushing driveways and, and and building new drive or putting a new driveway down for you so It's not very common, but it's something that you need to make sure with the precautionary statement with access that we don't wreck your driveway. So um, if their driveway won't hold the weight, you're going to have to make a note of that. And then basically what will happen is you'll push pause in the job. You'll have to work with supplementing. And getting what's called the ground drop paid for by the insurance company. Now, if the homeowner isn't sure and you want to err on the side of being, you know, super smart, don't drive in the driveway with the boom truck. Have it be a ground drop and spend the time working with getting this added as a supplemental invoice. So the other thing you want to talk about, the next item is um, weather. So we do say, we are at the mercy of mother nature. Um, If there is a 30% chance of precipitation or greater, we will cancel all roofing that day. And the line that I always use, whether it makes sense or not, I don't know, but the line I always use is, uh, think of our roofing system as an assembly line. Every time you shut it off and turn it back on, it takes longer to get moving. So just like roofing, if we do have a lot of rain delays, it does delay our entire roofing scheduling system. So we just ask, you know, ask you to be patient and work with us if we do have a ton of rain. And also know that Cardinal Catastrophe Services is pretty popular. We're good at what we do. You are not our only customer. So, you know, when we do have a day that we cancel roofing, you know, it affects the people that were ahead of you, and it, it it doesn't just affect you. The other thing that we talk about is, um we only monitor NOAA.gov. So NOAA.gov, if it says 30% chance of rain or greater, we aren't gonna work that day. We're not gonna look at any other website than that. The other thing we talk about, and this is for your colder months, is since we are one of the only roofing contractors in the Metro of St. Louis, We're members of the National Roofing Contractors Association. So we do follow their guidelines in terms of how to put a roof on and and some of the requirements that they have. So one of the requirements that they say is you must not roof when it's less than 40 degrees. So during your colder weather months, and yes, we are in, in the south. We are in St. Louis, so we don't really ever shut down for any long period of time because we do have relatively mild winters. Um, we do roof year-round, but we will delay roofing if we have weather that is colder than 40 degrees. Now, if it's borderline, the big thing for this to know, and this is something you can tell your customers, is that you know, we want to nail when it's 40 degrees or warmer. Now, if it's colder in the morning, it's actually much more labor-intensive for our roofers to tear off when it's super cold. Um, the shingles are more brittle. They come off easier but we don't want to be nailing when it's 40 degrees or cooler and basically people will think that well the shingles won't stick well it has very little to do with the adhesion of a shingle it has to do with how cold and how brittle the shingles will get when it's cold so think about when you back your car out of the driveway and you bump into your plastic trash cans and how they crack so if you shoot a a nail into into a shingle when it's super cold they'll crack And then you'll eventually have water coming in. Now, just know that, you know, most roofers and contractors don't give a crap about this and they roof you around. So it will kind of annoy you when you see Jack and Coke roofing, who you lost a job to putting a roof on with 20 degrees. It'll piss you off, but it's how the business works. So weather is something super important. uh, And what this does, too, is this buys you any time, just in the event that we do run into any kind of uh, roofing delays. You know, I... I don't like to give dates out, and the other thing during this during this time is when I will explain to the customers how our roofing scheduling system works so I'll say now this is how this works is that from the time we take your job and plug it all into production we're going order we're going to put the roofing order into your system the roofing order is based off of what your insurance company is paying for so Here's where we lose some control. We're gonna put the roofing order in the system. It'll be emailed to the next supplier available. So unlike a lot of roofers and contractors, we're not lined up with only one supplier. We do buy from many roofing supply houses and we really can't control when we order the roofing system if it's gonna to deliver today, tomorrow, or in two weeks. Some do a really good job of giving us email acknowledgements and some don't. So. And you tell your customers that, uh, you know, we don't like to give dates until the roofing system is delivered. So mm-hmm. once we order the roofing system, once it's arriving rooftop, then we have a an, an access point that will plug in our system called loaded. And then we will, at that point, we know the roofing system is parked at your house at sitting rooftop. Then we will schedule one of our roofing crews. One of the biggest mistakes roofers make is they don't order the roof or they don't have acknowledgement that the roofing system is delivered to the house and they send the roofers out and they tear off the roof and the shingles are not there and they're not coming. And then what happens is uh, then it rains and you have a major leak. So one of our One of our rules is we don't want to order, we don't want to schedule our labor unless we have confirmation that the roofing system's sitting rooftop. We call that loaded, so that's very important. This also will help buy you time, just in the event that uh, you do have some kind of catastrophe and you do need to, you know, delay when the roof's going to go on. And just know that this is when you can say, you know, general lead times in this industry are about six weeks from the time that we take the down payment. You know, depending on how busy we are, Cardinal, we're two or three weeks out mainly all the time so you want to make sure that uh it's not a race to get the job installed um to make sure the check clears and everything you you really just want to make sure that you're giving yourself plenty of time you know the last thing you want to do is say we'll get this thing we're going to get this put on tuesday and don't give yourself enough time to get everything processed and you know the shingle shingle companies will delay Okay, the next one's work area noise. This is where you say this is a construction site, this is a job site. It is going to be loud. We are going to be beating and banging. So we just ask that you work with us. If you have any kids, pets, neighbor kids, you know, you want to make sure that they're not running around the job site. It's going to be a big mess. There will be sh- there'll be shingles everywhere. We don't want anybody to get hit in the head with a shingle or step on a nail. And this is where you can kind of plug in for the the nitpicking customer saying, listen, judge us when we're done. We incentivize our roofers to do a really good job cleaning up. The place will be very messy. We will clean it up. And if you're not happy, we'll keep on coming back and clean up until you are happy. We do have a 25-point quality assurance walkthrough that we do towards the end of all of our jobs. So a lot of times, that's when some of the final cleanup will be done. You know, we'll get the nailed magnet around your property. We'll do a good job with that. But make sure that they understand, too, that it's going to be loud. And we are going to be beating and banging. And, you know, you want to make sure they know that for the people that have to get up early in the morning. Or the third shifters or something like that. Next thing we talk about is power. So you say that our roofers will be required to use the external power on your house. In the unlikely event that the outside power does not work, please run an extension cord for the guys. Um, we do need power for like cutting and enrichment and things like that. The next thing is called stow items. So here's where I'll say we have two million dollars of general liability insurance. We've been in business for over ten years. We've never used it, but we don't want to start with you. So what that means is if you do have that super expensive you know painting, or if you do have an expensive grill or something around your house that could get damaged, let's work together, take the initiative, let's be smart, let's be proactive, move things off your wall if you're afraid that's gonna fall down. Now, generally during roofing, we don't have problems with pictures falling off the wall, but we're just saying be smart, be proactive, and this is a CYA. Um, and this is really important too for the people that have like the, the pool covers make sure that the homeowners understand that they are responsible for covering their pools. Um, You may come by addition uh, after the customer covers their pool with a pool cover with a tarp, um, But you just wanna make sure that the customers are working together with you. And this is also true for the expensive, um, you know, patio sets and, and furniture and grills and things like that and get all that backed away. So if the roofers inadvertently have something fly off the roof, It doesn't break, nothing will piss you off more than when you have a a customer that you didn't make this clear with, and they say, yeah, you broke my rotting lawnmower, so you gotta buy me a new one. And believe me, that's happened to us. So duration, this is when we talk about the length of the job. So what we say is on a flat walkable roof, our roofers can do about 45 squares of roofing a day. So then you can do the math, or if you look at how many squares based on what you're doing, you should be able to figure out how long it will take. So you want to give yourself extra time um if it's steep if it's a cut up ugly roof but you also want to say that you know the roofers will be here at the crack of dawn in the morning um we really don't like to say exactly when but it's usually before eight you know sometimes early as you know 536. and then you do want to say you know if it's 25 squares you want to say this should take one day you know if it's 40 squares this should take a day and a half to two days that way you know, you're not selling an expectation that's not realistic. If it's 70 squares and and you're saying it's two days and it takes three days, you'll just piss off the customer. So just know that. Um, ventilation, it's important to know since you're in roofing sales, how ridge vent works and, you know, some of the mathematical equations for figuring out attic space and what you need for proper ventilation. So you can put a warranty on the roof. Um, work with your mentoring project manager, if you're not sure about that, or even ask me, Um, I know we like to, if you're gonna cut in ridge vent, um, a lot of times I'll just take the turtle vent money and move some metals and change order it out so I can afford to put it on there. There is a cost associated to it, but also you also make sure you understand that some houses, if they don't have proper soffit intake, you're not supposed to cut ridge vent in. So if you're ever not sure, a good rule of thumb is air on the side of turtle vents. So cut in turtle vents and always cut in more than you probably think. So um, in the unlikely event that there isn't any ventilation on the roof and the homeowner doesn't want to come out of pocket and you've got no money to work with on the claim to cut in vent turtle mm-hmm. vents, um, you can sign here where it says our warranties, our labor warranty is no good. The problem with not having good ventilation is Not only is our labor warranty no good, um, the shingle warranties will be no good either. Let's see, next is payment schedule. There's a whole nother cardinal cast coming, uh, talking about the pre-install financial discussion, but this is a little snippet here that just says we are doing the work for what the insurance is paying unless noted otherwise, and you will pay your out-of-pocket deductible also. So you wanna make sure it's really clear All the insurance money and your out-of-pocket deductible is part of what Cardinal's paid. So last but not least with this is extra material. So we actually had shingles stolen. We had a a full roofing system stolen from a job site at one time. But what you wanna say here is you wanna say that we order more shingles than the insurance company pays for on purpose. We order more hip and ridge cap, we order more reusables with intent. So when we're finished with your when we're finished with your roof, if you do have, you know, a half a pallet, if you got six, if there's six or seven bundles of shingles left over, those belong to Cardinal. Now all the partial bundles and some of the partial, you know, starters and hip and ridge cap and things like that, sure, the homeowner can keep them. But the way you're going to maximize your commission and the way you maximize profits on the job is to keep your material cost, material cost down. So when you have a huge return, that's a good thing. Even if you're, you know, hand bombing 70 pound bundles of shingles in the back of your truck, that's making you money. So just make sure that the homeowner doesn't uh, try to keep any extra, you know, a bundle here or there, that's fine. But if they're trying to keep a bunch of it, no go. We actually had a customer where we, I ordered, I think, 30 squares, and it was supposed to be 20 squares. I mean, it was a key punch chair, to the tune of 10 full squares. Customer calls me up and says, "Hey, Aaron, I want my money back." I'm like, uh, excuse me. Well, I see all these shingles here, so obviously I get some kind of rebate, don't I? I'm like, well, let me look this up. No, this is actually a mistake I made where I ordered 30 instead of 20. So, no, that's not a rebate. That does belong to the company. I'll be down to pick them up tomorrow morning. Went down the next day. Somebody stole the shingles, Aaron. So, this is on here, and it's also in the back of the contract, just to make sure that your customers know that, yeah, all that extra stuff belongs to us. So, we'll wrap this, wrap, wrap this training podcast up by, you know, just know if you're not sure when you're a new person, just read the thing back to the customer until you kind of have your own dialogue about this but um, it's important that they know the stuff Um, as you get better at selling and as you you know sell more jobs you'll have your own things Um, I know we've had some people in the past that have kind of made their own addendum that they'll go through and have their customers initial specifically for how they manage jobs you know like here's my cell phone only call me don't call the office I'm your point of contact that kind of thing But the whole point is during the color meeting, you know, I like the color meetings to be an hour long, sometimes two hours long. I really want to make sure that the homeowners dialed into what I'm going to do and what the company is going to do for them and how we're working together. And this kind of gets into, you know, dog tail stuff and making sure that you are in charge of the project and you're calling the shots because once you're not, you lose money and then it's not as fun. You know, when the customer's bossing you around, it's just not that fun. Okay. we uh, have another one coming up here, uh, pre-installed financial discussion. That will be next. And I will sign off. Talk to you guys later. Hello, everybody. This is Aaron Specht, Cardinal Catastrophe Services. Welcome to another Cardinal Cast In this specific podcast, I want to talk about adjusters. So we know the adjusters are kind of a big part of our business in terms of the adjusters are the ones that are going to approve or deny, and the adjusters are the ones that are pretty much going to set our margins and set our sales numbers, our RCVs for our jobs. So unlike a lot of traditional sales companies, We have two sales. You've got the sale, the knock on the door, the talk to a customer, the sign a contract sale, but you also have another sale you're selling yourself to the insurance adjuster. So having a great understanding of the risk industry and then specifically the adjuster, who's signing the checks is super important. So I go through and I'm teaching and training everybody within Cardinal and I talk about really understanding the adjuster and when you're on an adjuster appointment, you know, you really want to know who you're dealing with. So we say that there are five kinds of adjusters. Now, there may be more than five, but for all intent and purposes for how we look at things uh, here at Cardinal Cat in terms of how we sell, we think of them five different, five different kinds of adjusters. So. The first adjuster is a staff adjuster. We call them staffers. So a staff adjuster, you'll find these adjusters for the larger companies, you know, the American Families, the State Farms, the All States. These will actually be employees of, they will live in your towns, and these are the adjusters that are kind of the biggest hard asses until they get to know you, until they get to know our business. If you're in one of our established markets, they'll. chances are they know us. They know of Cardinal. They know of Nashville. They know the baby blue trucks. But the staff adjuster, they're by the book. These are the ones that you want to make sure that you don't piss off. You want to make sure you're not turning in bullshit claims. Or you want to make sure you're not turning in claims that don't have legit, real damage with these adjusters. Because these staff adjusters, you're going to see them. Year in and year out. And just remember, you know, they work for the company. They are employees of the company. So some of these adjusters, you know, they're, they're kind of really hard asses. And uh, some of them you're going to find, especially with the certain carriers, you know, they, they treat the claims as if it's their money and they can be pretty stingy. The point is, we know that we're better than any other company, specifically any other roofing company, any other contractor in any of our locations, and our company is built to only do insurance claims. So by the time the staff adjuster gets to know you, gets to know of us, um, they're going to like us. So the cool thing about the, the staff adjuster is once you've made that relationship, once you've developed your relationship with. Welcome. This is Aaron Specht, recording another Cardinal cast, another podcast training. Uh, This is uh, an addendum onto the last, uh, uh, and then for Sue, I recorded and it cut off, I think at three minutes. So I think I'm right in the middle of staff adjusters. So let me move ahead to third party adjusters. And then if I have to... uh, come back and edit and record, we certainly can. So the next kind of adjuster is a third party adjuster. So third party adjusters are pretty much what makes the storm chasing industry super lucrative and probably, you know, super super dirty and shady too, because you've got third party adjusters. So third party adjusters are the adjusters that are known in the industry to pretty much pay for a lot of stuff. They pay for everything. They're very liberal. So a third-party adjuster does not work. They're not an employee of the insurance companies. They're not an employee of State Farm. They're not an employee of Allstate. They work as an independent 1099 contractor, kind of like how we all are, for an independent um, consulting firm or a third-party agency where they do claims they handle claims so your third-party adjusters you know they'll work for you know all cat city cat crawford companies i mean there's a million of them all over the nation and just think that um, the third-party adjuster is nothing more than somebody that a lot of times they'll have a hig engineering certificate and they will know how to write an exactimate pretty much what we all know is what most what's what most third-party adjusters know and then they will work for a company that invoices State Farm or you know any of these other carriers, a lot of uh, brokerage firms won't have staff adjusters or CAD adjusters. They'll only use third-party adjusters, and the third-party adjusters will follow whatever guidelines the insurance companies allow for paying for claims. And they may even wear you know company logos. You might see them with State Farm uh, you know stickers and things on their trucks. And, you know, the big companies, too, they do use third-party adjusters. So think about this. Like in 17, we got rocked with a big storm in Edwardsville. The staff adjusters got buried with claims. So they brought the CAT team in. The CAT team got buried with claims. So they needed to bring in third-party, or they're also called independent adjusters. So they brought third-party adjusters in wearing the State Farm logos, acting as if they work for State Farm. The public doesn't know any better. They just they think that's how it works. They, they don't know how claims operate. But um, that's how it works with big storms. So in our business, the third party adjusters are kind of, you know, most contractors, especially most storm chasers or most people that know this business, when you have a third party adjuster, you're kind of going, cha-ching, I'm going to get a big profitability check because a lot of these third party adjusters, and again, like I said before, a lot of these third party adjusters kind of make the industry a little little bit dirty because they buy a lot of stuff. So the staff adjusters, the CAT adjusters, you know, they're gonna be a little bit tougher. And this is a general statement, but most third-party adjusters buy a lot. And here's why they buy a lot. So I've had third-party adjusters say this, and I'm sure if anybody's listened to this and if they've had an experience with a third-party adjuster, they'll tell you flat out, I'm paid on a sliding scale based on how big my claim is. You know, a lot of these adjusters, a lot of these third-party adjusters are contractors that couldn't run a P&L. So they're third-party adjusters now, and that's very true. I used to be a roofer, you'll hear them say. So third-party adjusters, I've had them say, what am I buying today, Aaron? What am I buying today? And they buy a lot of stuff. Now, it's not a guarantee you're going to get everything approved, everything totaled, but just know that um, the reason why there are storm chasers are because third-party adjusters pretty much buy everything. So don't rest in your laurels and think that just because you have a third party adjuster they're going to buy everything, but in the business they are known as uh, being very liberal and buy what they want so also just remember they don't they're a ten ninety nine contractor they work for a company that invoices the insurance companies all right I'm going to sign off with this one and hopefully this recorded and we get a couple more coming. Okay, part two, this is the next kind of adjuster. So the second kind of adjuster that we deal with is called a cat adjuster. These are called catastrophe services. These, they're also called the cat team. So these adjusters are different than the staff adjusters, but more often than not, you'll see with the cat team, with the catastrophe services, they are employees of the insurance company. And then what happens is when there's a large loss, they'll send the employees, They're road warriors, pretty much they'll send the employee cat adjuster. They'll send them, you know, to North Carolina for a storm to Arkansas for a hailstorm. They'll send them there as triage, you know, for a month or two. Usually it's, it's a, it's a limited assignment. And, um, the bigger insurance companies actually have, you know, their department is called state farm catastrophe service, all state catastrophe services. As a matter of fact, the name of our company, we uh, kind of stole the idea from state farm catastrophe services. So we d- we did that because our company really is a, uh, a niche where we only do claims. So we want the adjusters to know that we are here to be your friend. But so anyway, the cat adjuster, um, these adjusters are kind of by the book. They're not gonna buy anything they're not supposed to buy. Um, the thing about the cat adjusters is, you know, they travel from storm to storm. They have seen it all. You're not gonna, you're not gonna show them something they haven't seen. And the other thing, in my experience, that we've seen with cat adjusters is a couple of things. Number one, they hate storm chasers. They deal with storm chasers. Their whole you know, their whole working career. So they hate storm chasers because they know that, you know, these gypsies, these junkies, these storm chasers that are shooting heroin in their in their eyeballs and ripping people off, they know what the gypsy is. So most cat adjusters do not like storm chasers. I've even seen them tell customers, oh you have aspen? No, don't use them. Nothing against Aspen, but that's the biggest company that, that is a storm chaser. So generally speaking, in my experience, um cat adjusters catastrophe team adjusters do not like storm chasers the other thing is to uh, to shade that point is they do like local contractors they do like local roofers local contractors they know that the money stays in the community so this is this is not bullshit this is the truth when i am going on adjuster appointments you know i do want to know who the adjuster is and if i know that it's a cat adjuster when I go introduce myself, I mean, of course, make sure you're pulling up in a company truck, of course. Um, rather than having my business card and saying, hey, my name's Aaron with Cardinal, I, I flash my driver's license. This is no bullshit. I'll, I'll come out holding my driver's license up and I'll say, hello, my name is local contractor. If I know it's a cat adjuster, I want that adjuster to know that I live here. I'm from Illinois. I'll say my name is local contractor. I'll make sure they understand that because what you'll see is if they're going to err on anybody's benefit, it's going to be with the local contractor. If they're going to give any pushback, it's going to be with the storm chaser because they don't like storm chasers. So then I'll give my business card and I'll, I'll kind of explain you know, who we are, how we do things, and see how they want to handle this. Now, just know the cat adjuster, they're probably not going to give you anything that you're not supposed to get. But also know the cat adjuster, more often than not, has a quota. So that means they need to handle, you know, X amount of claims a day. So it really is turn and burn. So when you're with the cat adjuster, get the claim over with. You know, don't spend two hours circling, you know, every ding on the downspout. Let him or her do their thing and get done. And just know this. And there's another podcast, I believe, that we talk about this. Know that, especially with the CAT adjuster, every claim is underpaid with intent. So you'll see these as some of the most sloppily written SFDs you've ever seen. I mean, you'll see, you know, 25 squares on, 27 squares off, one linear foot of drip edge where it's supposed to be you know 177 linear feet you'll see fat finger mistakes constantly so just know that many times too when the cat adjuster writes a claim they're done with it so usually within 30 days it's kicked to somebody else within the insurance company in claims that's going to handle that claim so all you're really looking to do is have them acknowledge roof or whatever damage and then just be done with it no you're probably going to have to But know that they've got so many claims that uh, they need to get done that day that they're looking to triage. I mean, they're writing checks out. A lot of times your CAT team will have check writing capabilities. So when we're in a big loss, they're going to come and, you know, they're going to come with their big fancy truck and with their office in back with a printer and laptop. And they're going to, you know, write their Xactimate right there, give the homeowner the SFD and give them their ACV check right then and there. So a little trick of the trade is if you have them take a picture of the contract, if you want to, that is, you can have them pay in full the RCV less deductible. Um, And there's a certain strategy, which I'm sure I'll get into in the future. Uh, Cardinal Cash talking about when you want to give the contract to the adjuster when they're writing checks and when you don't want to have depreciation held back and when you do. Um, So let's see, cat adjusters, they've seen it all turn and burn they're in and out really make sure that they understand that you are local okay let's go make some money another one coming okay part four is this part four part four of insurance adjusters so we went through the staff adjuster we went through the cat adjuster we went through the third party adjuster now our last four and five adjusters are what we call the denial adjuster and the reconciliation adjuster so this is how this business works so most insurance companies give you a one-year window from the date of loss to file a claim that's not to get the work done that's to file a claim based on that storm event or that event so what you'll usually see and this can happen more towards winter months is the last three months of that storm date the the carriers, the insurance companies or insurance claims departments, they're trying to what they call cap the storm or they're trying to close the storm. So the last three months, they want to slow how many open claims they have. And they also don't want to open up a bunch of brand new claims. So how it works in the business. And, you know, this is our cardinal cat. This is our terminology for this. Like I'm sure if you talked to an adjuster and said, are you a denial adjuster? Are you a reconciliation adjuster? They probably won't necessarily admit that they are or aren't. But the way that it works in our experience is the last three months of an event, they want to close the storm. So the insurance companies, from our experience, will send the denial adjuster out. So it might only be one or two of them. But the last three months of a storm, you're going to see the denial team come out. And these are, they're real, really You know they're really good talkers. They're really, really smooth salespeople, and they are trained to not buy anything. And they're trained if the customer is giving give them any you know pushback, they're explained to they're explained to tell the homeowner why they're denying whatever they're denying. So damage or not, the third or the denial adjuster is going to come out, and they're going to deny everything. So they do this with intent because. You know, usually only one out of ten consumers, if they have a problem on a claim or if they are denied, they don't know what the hell they're supposed to do. They don't know what they're entitled for, entitled to be paid. So if the adjuster says no damage, this is all you get. They're going to take it verbatim. You know, it's kind of part of why we're in business because we know what's legit and what's not legit. So the denial team turns everything down, and they are really good at explaining to the homeowner why it's not considered storm damage. I mean, I've had adjusters say critter. Yeah, this is, this is a a squirrel on angel dust. That's not hail damage. I mean, they'll say anything to get the claim turned down. And it's because, you know, you've got that 1% that's going to, that's going to argue. So you've got the denial team. They go around closing the storm out. They turn down everything. And then in our experience, what happens is that when you have all these claims denied most of them wrongfully denied you're gonna have that one percent of people that are gonna say bullshit you're gonna have the consumer that's gonna say nope bullshit and they're gonna fight they're gonna go to their agent they're gonna fight and then what happens is it it triggers a readjust with a reconciliation adjuster who's gonna come out and do what they should have done in the first place and pay for everything. Your reconciliation team usually these adjusters, and this is from, you know, my 15 years of doing this. Uh, in my experience, the reconciliation adjuster is going to be a staff adjuster, like maybe a supervisor or a boss, and they're coming behind. And they usually they're usually bad mouthing whomever whomever uh, denied the claim. You know, it's kind of their shtick. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't buy this, but when the when the uh, reconciliation adjuster comes out, they're usually going to be very fair, maybe even real liberal if they know you know if they know cardinal if they know if they know the cat serve company is us usually so before we got cut off what i was saying was you know face to face sometimes you might have to eat crow sometimes you might have to humble yourself sometimes you might have to you know eat some humble pie but go face to face talk to your customers hey you know what we're not small some years we're huge things happen it's construction Okay, so the whole point is, is that, you know, the old fashioned way and the way that, you know, I like to do things and the way that I think is the most cost effective is just you want to talk to people, you want to look them in the eyes. So we've had people, you know, unfortunately not work out within our system, within our our team. And sometimes it was because they got so afraid of some of the false promises. So another good rule when you're doing this business is, you know, under promise and over deliver. So if you don't know something, it's perfectly fine to say, you know what, I don't know that. And this goes from door knocking to being the newer PM to, you know, construction. You know what, that's a good looking question. That's a really good question. I think I know the answer, but I'm not 100% sure. So let me jot this down. I'm going to do a little research. I'm going to call Barb in accounting or whomever, and I'm going to get an answer to you. That's better than talking out of your rear end and giving some bad information. But the point is, and I know we're building some good systems within Freud. The point is also is just to make sure that, you know, you're talking to your clients. You don't want to leave a client sit. You know, there's perfectly good ways to control some of the overcalling and some of the, uh, the worry warts. But at the same time, you know, if you're not returning your calls, if you're not being a above average communicator, you will have complaints. And part of the problem is that snowballs. If you screw up a job, you can ask anybody that's had success and maybe a couple of failures when they're selling. If you screw up a job and you don't aggressively talk and make it right, if something happens and you don't address it, they just get madder and madder and madder and then they start looking at the work closer and closer and closer. And hell, we've even had have we've even had in the past engineers hired to come out and look at our work so we don't so they can complain and not pay. So the whole point is just be aggressive, talk to them. Conflict resolution is a real thing. It's a real, real thing that, uh, you know, smart people that are selling should know we're not perfect, it's okay to make mistakes. We own a construction company, so there's nothing that we can't fix. Um, but if you're really running this like a true business partner, you will aggressively talk to your customers, talk to your clients, let them know, you know, set expectations at the color meeting, handle questions, um, make sure you're doing your client touches. And then, you know, if there is a problem, by all means, handle it as fast as you can face to face. Get people involved if you need to. we have got people that will help too, myself included. So I'll wrap this conflict uh, resolution uh, cardinal cast up and we'll just keep on moving. So we are finishing a part where staff adjusters broke off. So this is part two of staff adjusters. And um, the first part I'm talking about who the staff adjuster is. Now, the second part of staff adjusters is you want them to like you. Okay. You want them to like the company. After some time, after doing your diligence, after telling the truth, after building really good roofing systems, eventually the staff adjusters will get to know you and know that you are you know, legitimate, and they will become a really huge ally as you're building your roofing empire, as you're building your little powerhouse in our towns. So what that means is, uh, you know, five years down the road, two years down the road, after you've made that relationship with the staff adjuster, and he knows that you are, you know, a stand-up person, that the company's strong, you know, that we carry Hague, Engineer, Hague Engineering residential roofing, you know, inspectors and you know nrc members weather stopper whatever our accreditation is for quality of work they'll know that we're good so you keep on telling the truth you keep on doing a good job you keep on building kick-ass roofing systems and then when you run into the staff adjuster they will err on your side Um, i don't know if i've said this before but here's our take on this is that every single insurance adjuster within reason can pay for whatever the f they want they can approve or deny they can buy anything they can buy things that really don't have damage because they've got some freedom or autonomy from you know the marketing side of their company to you know this would be a good idea to give this person a new roof, so you don't necessarily need to have damage to get roofs approved, and you don't necessarily you know need to have shingles blown off or big hail hits, sometimes the adjusters can make a decision based on wear and tear, based on you know the climate of, of their economic situation that year for the insurance company. They can buy more than just storm damage. So back to the point of the staff adjusters, a lot of times these staff adjusters might be a supervisor of your area as well. So you want to make sure that you have a good relationship with them and they will err on your side if Jack and Coke roofing is out there and they're circling bird shit and they're arguing with the staff adjuster, they're going to deny everything or give them a a small repair. If Cardinals out there, we've got the street cred, we've got the reputation, you know, we've, they know we're good. They will pay for a lot more than they would for, you know, the bid roofer or the Jack and Coke roofer because they know we're going to do a good job and we, they know we're, we're a reputable business. So it's super important to make sure the staff adjuster is your friend now we know how people operate and sometimes you're just not gonna be friends with the staff adjuster. So I don't know if I'll, I'll include this in a future podcast, but you know, there is a strategy, you know, we'll have some teaching and training about adjuster appointments and when to go, when, when not to go, and when, when to tarp and when not to tarp. But sometimes when I have a, uh, adjuster and there's only one or two in all of St. Louis that I, maybe five total, one or two that I'm thinking on the top of my head, but maybe four or five total that are really bad adjusters and they're shitheads and I think it's their money. So whenever I, I always ask when I'm selling a job, you know, I want to know who the adjuster is. And then if it rings a bell with me, I will hopefully have coached my clients up to uh, the benefit of missing the adjuster appointment. So if it's a bad adjuster, you don't want to be there. Okay, that's all I have for part two of Staff Adjusters, and we'll just keep on moving. Hello, everybody. Hey, I wanted to start a series of uh, podcasts, Cardinal Cast, talking about door knocking, how we get leads, and kind of a general overview. Um, Hopefully, we get a few other people that have been very successful door knocking, and they can uh, have some input in terms of how they work and things that work for them. So let's talk about door knocking. So nationwide, especially with our business, uh, roofing and exteriors, this is the single most effective way to sell, to bring business in, to make money, is cold calling, door knocking, canvassing, whatever you want to call it. Now it's also probably the hardest part of our business because let's face it, most people have a little bit of an ego or maybe a big ego and when you go door to door there's a lot of rejection and people can say things to you that uh, you know might not be very nice so door-knocking kind of can be tough but it's how we built the company is how I started all this in Denver back in the uh, 2006 2007 2008 is how we built all this stuff so one thing we found and this is from from the, the sales piece or from sales piece or from the um, project management piece is the one common denominator of people that don't work for us anymore, unfortunately are, at one point in time, they made a decision to not knock doors. And once you start, once you stop knocking doors, your roofing pipeline will eventually die. It might last a few years if you do a good job, but it might die. So... I always, uh, tell anybody, you know, I own the company. I don't need to knock doors. I still knock doors. I still find, find that being helpful is super important. And when you are knocking on doors, when you take the service approach as if, you know, I can help you listen, I can help you. People will be receptive. So basically you've got door to door to door to door canvassing. And this is, uh, when you have a colossal storm, you know, a big hail storm, maybe tornado or whatever. Um, me personally, I don't like to work the big giant storm because you'll have a lot of roofers there, but it is unnecessary evil. And what I mean by that is when there is fresh hail, you'll have 20, 30, 50 roofing companies. They'll come out of the woodwork. They'll come from Colorado, from Texas. You'll have storm chasers here. You'll have people from all over your major metro. You'll have a lot of people knocking on doors and the public will get roofer fatigue so I've always found it kind of sucks going door to door when you do have a storm but if you're hungry you will and I would say especially if you're if you're newer and you're trying to really build go knock doors have confidence even if there are a lot of roofers there just because we're better than they are and we're able to, we're local, we'll build, we'll build better, we'll build better roofing systems than any of these storm chasers. And we're going to be here. You know, we've been here for 10 years. We're going to be here for another 20 plus years. So going door to door when there is a hailstorm, basically we'll have some kind of a, a flyer, a handout, something. You're looking for a name, address, phone number, insurance company. Have you claimed or not? Has the adjuster been here? And all that relevant information is important. When you do have a big giant hailstorm, you really don't need to inspect the roof because you know that you've got hail everywhere. But at the same time, you know, it's good to know what kind of damage you're working with. And, you know, eventually if you get in enough roofs during a large hailstorm, you'll know you'll know where the hail was bigger and where it was smaller. But basically, a um, bunch of different schools of thought. Um, usually I'm kind of when I'm door knocking I'm kind of hitting to get out I'm pretty quick I try to read the people you know I'm not sticking my foot in the door trying to give a presentation I, I don't have can pitch you know I'll basically I'll go there and I'll point to the company logo and I'll say listen I work for a local company sometimes I give my name sometimes I don't sometimes I shake their hand sometimes I don't it's real really for me it's more of a feel but I'll be like listen you know I'm local contractor I work for a local company you've probably seen our baby blue trucks around So we would like to know if we can be of service to you, if we can inspect your roof, we can help you through the uh, insurance claim process. I can go through it in really good detail and explain to you why we're considered the best in the business. Or I can just leave you some information and come and talk to you on a different day. And that's how I leave it. And they either want what you have to offer or they don't. And if they do, if they do have questions, answer them. A lot of times you'll run into the, uh, well, let me get your information. Let me get your card. Let me get whatever. And I'll talk to my husband. I'll talk to my wife. And then we'll let you know. I call those checkbacks. That's super important. You will lose that deal because the more aggressive roofer that's knocking on the door again and again and again, hounding them, will show that they want to earn the business. So for these people, make sure you're putting a ding somewhere. Uh, I know the system Freud is working on. I don't know if it's complete or not yet, but we are working on some door knocking agent reports. So when you talk to somebody, you'll have something that will remind you to go talk to them however you set it up. But it's super important when you do have the the interest, you go back the next day. Another tip to doing this is uh, you want to make sure you have a company truck parked in the neighborhood. And the more you'll have your, the more they see you even if they don't even if you don't get the business right away the more the neighborhood sees you sees your trucks sees your yard signs sees you knocking on doors sees you talking to people they will see that you're legit that you give that you give a crap about doing the right thing and you'll probably end up getting more business so it's super important when we do have these that you are working installs but a lot of times for me personally it's it's a feel it's a uh, you know these people are interested these people already have a roofer. They already know somebody. They have no intention of doing the work. They're going to keep the money. You'll figure that out. And what I've seen is numbers work. So one of the metrics we have starting with, you know, going door to door and doing canvassing is real easy. It's 100 houses a day. Hit and get out. If you hit 100 houses every day, you will, whether you're door knocking, whether you're an entry-level salesperson, or whether you're a seasoned vet, project manager, you will make money. So just remember, 100 doors a day is what I built this company on, and it's a super important metric. Okay, I'm going to end this part of the podcast, and we'll have a few more different uh, discussions about other styles of door knocking. Hello, everybody. Uh, This Cardinal Cast, I'd like to continue talking about door knocking. So I'm sure you've heard this analogy that uh, our companies in 2020 were two companies. So we're a big, giant company where we do hundreds and hundreds of roofing jobs and multi-million dollars in revenue when we do have a large, colossal hailstorm. That's not every year. That's every five years. And then we are on every other year. We're a small mom and pop shop. We're a smaller roofing company working old damage, working three tabs. And you know, do a million, two million in annual sales. that's us every year, and that's that's what we plan on doing every single year. We plan on being a small company, and then when the big one comes, the big one comes, we know how to gear up for it. So I said all that because one of the hard well one of the easier ways I've found to bring business in is is knocking on doors where people have missing three taps. So it can be tough because nobody's doing this. Or if you sag yourself out and think it's difficult, it can be tough. But knocking on doors when people have three-tab shingles that are missing, you're really taking opportunity to help somebody. You know, you're taking that service aspect. So a lot of times when I'm knocking on those doors, I know what I'm talking about. And I I try to get in there and say, I can help you. Listen, you know you're missing shingles. I know you're missing shingles. What if I could get you your roof replaced and it may not cost you very much at all? Maybe you're deductible. Would you be interested in that? And then at least be able to explain how it works. The big piece of this is, and I don't know how aggressively you want to talk about this when you're doing your entry level door knock, but it's important to know that a lot of three, well, most three tab shingles that are over 10 to 12 plus years old are very brittle a lot of times they will fall in the category of non-repairable shingles. So what that means is, let's say there's two or three shingles blown off, or there's two or three shingles that have a crease. So you send a roofer up and they bring one or two shingles and try to take the old shingles off and install new shingles. As they take the old shingles off, they'll break off shingles because of how brittle the shingles are. So they'll break, and then you have to replace more shingles, and then more shingles break. And eventually, you have to replace the entire roofing system. So in the business, you know, that's considered a non-repairable roofing system. So during the the non-giant hail years, this is our bread and butter. This is what we work on. So during off-season, we're always collecting addresses. We're trying to find three tabs that are missing shingles. And then... You know, my door knock is is uh, pretty much just like I said. Um, my door knock a lot of times would go, listen, you know, hey, listen, I live in Edwardsville. I work for Cardinal. You probably see in our baby blue trucks. Listen, I drive by your house every day. And for the last few weeks, I've been saying to myself, by God, I got to stop and talk to these people because they're missing shingles. And I can probably help you get a new roof and just leave it at that. And then you'll find out if they rent, if they own if they're interested, if they don't give a crap, and then you take it from there. So a couple things to be conscientious of is um, there are some issues to hitting missing three tabs. So you have to really be careful, and you have to really pick your customers out. or We say profile. We really don't mean profile, but here's what it means is... Uh, if you have somebody that is missing shingles and you go check out the property or you go talk to the people and the house is just beat to shit, it's not well-maintained, maybe it's a rental house and you've got like a slum lord, you're probably not going to get paid on that. So don't mess with it. So, you know, I tell everybody, let your conscience be your guide. We love everybody and we try to help everybody, but... You want to go to houses when you're knocking on doors, when you're when you're trying to generate business. You want to go to people that want our service, number one, want to work together with, with our company. They want to work in orchestra with us, but also people that are going to pay us. It's super important. Commissions aren't paid until we collect the job and close the job. So you have to be careful because sometimes if you run into a house that's missing shingles, maybe they just don't give an F about their house and... If you get the insurance money, they're not going to pay you. Or what happens, we've seen this a lot in actually some some Metro East communities. We've seen, you know, in the last 10 years, three or four decent hailstorms come through their towns and people have filed the claim and kept the ACB money. And then you go talk to them, they go, yeah, let's claim. And you go get them under contract and you file a claim and you go there and the insurance company says, well, we'd be happy to total this roof because it is damaged. But when they claim back in 2015, they didn't do the work. So we can't pay for this twice. And that is super common. So the whole point is just be careful when you are knocking on doors and you want to decide if they are going to turn into deals. And this is especially true for door knockers. You know, we want to teach all of our door knockers, all of our advanced survey team, you know, it's different than just getting an hourly salary or getting paid, you know, your commission for selling a job or, you know, the, the, the commission to, the commission to, uh, Qualified lead and then sign contract adjuster appointment. We want these to turn into deals that how it, that's how it helps the company the most We knock on a door we pay for the door knock and then we end up turning it into An adjuster appointment and a ten thousand dollar claim. We submit it for twelve thousand. Everybody is happy and we're We're all busy doing that So you want to make sure you're knocking on doors for people that want what we have to offer um, That's super important So when you are knocking on doors, like here's a lot of times what I'd say is, like I I was saying is, you know, listen, I drive by your house every day. I've been meaning to stop and talk to you. You know you're missing shingles. You should let me help you. That's my line. I'll say you should let me help you. And then just leave it at that. So missing shingles, snipering missing three tabs, uh, non-repairable. They're very, very... There's a lot of them, and they all have a very high closing percentage in terms of the adjuster is going to buy this roof. So, snipering is kind of a way of how we do things, and uh, I'd tell everybody, get really good at, you know, no matter what. Always have business cards with you. When you're out and about with your family, your friends, or you happen to be out, whether you're in a company truck or not, you see a house missing shingles, go talk to them, or at minimum, jot the address down, and then go hit it and then you knock that house that missing shingle house you want to knock it and knock it and re-knock it until you get a yes or no okay that is it for this one okay hey everybody so we we've been working with uh, a few project managers and some of our workers and talking about expanding our services to do a little bit more than just an insurance claim. So I'm sure everybody knows as a company, we've got a few rules. And one of those rules is we don't give bids. Another big one is we don't do repairs. Well, we are going to consider doing some repair work, which means non-insurance claim, cash sales, or, you know, a partial roof repair, fixing a pipe boot, maybe some flashing, that sort of thing. So we're in the very you know, testing stage of this and it will have a little different pay plan than the, uh, you know, the straight, the commission piece. And I'm not sure about that. So that my idea is I wanted to do 20 or so jobs, kind of take a look at it and see what we have for expenses and then roll out a pay plan. One thing I'm thinking about for people that do have some, you know, some skill set or some aptitude around a house is... For some of these, we don't need to have a professional roofer or a professional, you know, hammer swinger come and fix these. Sometimes it's some silicone, maybe it's uh, something relatively easy. So some of these jobs, you know, we can double dip where we can sell them and we can do the labor and basically double pay yourself on that. The idea really isn't to, you know, put a bunch of money in the coffers. The idea is that these, these are all future marketing opportunities these are all future branding opportunities somebody needs something real simple we can send one of our roofers out there we can send ourselves out there we can make a real easy fix charge them a couple hundred bucks put a little bit in the pocket put a little bit in the coffers and everybody wins and then we put a you know, a magnet or give them a marketing folder or leave them a business card and say, we'll put you on our call next storm list. And you know what? You don't need a full claim right now. This should get you by. And then, uh, when the big one comes, or if you happen to be missing shingles or a tree falls on your house or something, let me know and we'll take very good care of you. So that is kind of the idea of what we're doing with this. So I don't have anything real formal. Anybody, uh, you know, it's, uh, It's the beginning of March in 2020. This is, uh, we've just been testing this probably since, you know, Thanksgiving. So um, something to think about with this, you know, I want to brand this through the Ironman guttering uh, division of the company. And I also think with this, we could be doing things like, you know, decks and awnings and carports, and we can be doing more than insurance claims. So we are working to get. More information to all of our sales team, and we'll probably have something rolled out here pretty soon. But um, just in case anybody's wondering, I think the smartest thing to do would be to hit me up, and uh, I'll be happy to go through any kind of repair work, and then we can get a plan for the best way to attack it, and sell it, collect it, get the roofer out, call it a day. So that's a, a quick little podcast or Cardinal Cast about some of the repair work that we see coming up here i think well one thing then in closing you know this repair work this non-insurance claim work you know what this is for is this is to supplement insurance claims and this is to supplement um to put some extra some extra cash in everybody's pocket during like a an old damage year during a three tab year i would anticipate we get rocked with a big hailstorm. we'll shut this off and we really won't want to mess with this because we'll be busy with the doing full insurance jobs and all that good stuff. So always trying to think of ways to add value to the company and grow the business and this is a additional piece. Have a good day. Hey everybody, Aaron again, Cardinal Catastrophe Services. I wanted to do a podcast and what I want to talk about with this podcast is how kind of a general or how we handle catastrophic loss tornado uh, big hail how we flip our company or how we handle the big giant uh, big giant hail and tornadoes so um, I'm gonna talk about tornadoes first since this seems to be a hotter topic um, so in our experience over the last 10 11 years um, tornado claims can be really good for our company because we're really good at putting houses together we're really good at handling claims and when there is a giant storm you know we understand the whole dynamic of claims being short paid and that's kind of how it all works a couple well with the tornado claim in particular um, what we've found in our experience is we would rather turn and burn do roof and roof only or you know roof gutters minimal other things than go in and rebuild an entire house we're not home builders so, um, you'll see claims where you know the tornado has done things where it's ripped things down to the trusses, sucked all the guts out of a, of a house. We have done those in the past, and you know they 've been 30, 60000 thousand dollar plus claims. They can be very lucrative, but let me, let me just uh, for the newer people or just in general. I really, as owner of the company, and, and uh, for more of our seasoned vets, that's those are very hard jobs. They can take a long, long time. They can have multiple engineers and architects, and they can really drag out and take forever to get paid on, and I know that... Uh, you know, we like we like our first checks and we like our back-end commissions. They can make you a lot of money, so just keep that in mind that they take a lot longer. They can be super hard. And in some of our locations, we may have to uh, beef up our insurance and make sure that we can actually do some of the rebuilding. What I've found from my experience in our first couple of years of doing this business was, in fact, in 2009, O'Fallon, Illinois, had a tornado, and it came through... Uh, Was it called, Hunter's Point, Hunter's Landing, something like that, which is irrelevant, but it came through and it it wrecked a bunch of three-tab roofs. And we went in there, I went in there personally, and I had my ass kicked. And this is 2009, this is before there were any really good contractors that actually did insurance claims. But because of how early it was in the year, you had all the roofers, all the contractors, you did have a lot of people on top of each other. They were beating everybody's door down and they were trying to, you know, win the sale. So as a newer salesperson, sometimes that can intimidate the hell out of you. You know, when you have a vet or a storm chaser or, you know, a pro roofing salesperson come in that really knows a lot more possibly about construction than you may at this point. So the strategy that I always try to teach especially newer people when we do have tornadoes is stay out of the epicenter, okay? What that means is if you know the tornado hit in a specific area, work 10 5 10 blocks away kind of circle the area, look for three tabs, look for, you know, some older houses that may qualify that are gonna basically get approved even if they don't have the colossal you know roof rip ripped off what you what you'll see is, is if you get outside of the war zone so to speak is that you don't have to fight with so many roofers and the sale gets to be a little bit easier now make no mistake we're every bit as good as anybody that's doing this so if you want to go toe-to-toe by all means I I do encourage that we can handle that but what I will tell people is uh, you know I still like selling roofs, and I still know our core competency is roof and roof only. So when you do get a big claim, yeah, sometimes it's nice to supplement hell out of a claim and get the claim paid for in full. But what you'll see is uh, you know some roof and roof onlys, and let the let the roofers, let the let the neck tats, let those dudes, let those people fight for the jobs that are going to be a colossal pain in the ass to put together. So. With tornadoes, just be really careful when it gets to you know trusses and structural engineering. And if it blew, you know the house off the foundation. Quite frankly, you know, get your get your GM, get me, get people involved because we may have to pass on some of these. As much as I hate to say, we want to pass on business. We know that when there's a tornado claim, it's going to blow a lot of shingles off. Um, We are going to do a lot better when it comes to how we handle claims and triaging as many people as we can when we handle some of the the houses that aren't right in the middle of the war zone. And just keep in mind, you know, if you do take on, you as a project manager, if you take on a really difficult claim, and there are thousands of people that only need a roof and gutters you're going to spend so much time with this complex claim when there's a lot of people that need your help so if you take the service approach or think about it from a service point of view you're helping more people rather than focusing your time on one big giant you know $75,000 claim that's going to take an awful lot of work so that's that's it for this particular Cardinal cast about tornado claims and we'll just keep on keep on plowing through and as things comes up comes up we may add more to this bye hey everyone Aaron again Cardinal Cat say I may have this may already be recorded in some of the previous Cardinal casts, but I wanted to say this one again because this is super important and this is um a training piece I want to talk about when the big storm hits so a, a lot of things change whether it's Cardinal or Nashville or any of the companies when the big storm hits and The infrastructure, the growth, a lot of things happen pretty quickly. We've done a bunch of storms, so we know how to grow the company pretty quick to make sure we have the resources together. But what I do want to talk about is the mentality you should have. And it's okay if you know how to teach this or how to talk to customers about this, about how giant storms are handled. So when there is a big tornado or a giant hailstorm, it is considered you know, a a large catastrophic event by all the big insurance companies, here's what happens, and this is important to know this. So what happens is the insurance companies will flood the area with adjusters. So you'll have, you know, local adjusters, staffers, you'll have third-party adjusters, you'll have independent third-party adjusters, you'll have all sorts of adjusters, and they are sent to triage All the claims in a very timely manner so a lot of these adjusters are gonna be writing you know 10 15 claims a day I mean they are turn and burn here's the deal with these claims and this is almost across the board especially with cat adjusters every claim is gonna be written super quickly they're gonna pretty much pay for roof and some of the obvious stuff but this is really important to know this every claim is underpaid on purpose so you'll see when you have a large storm like this when you have large hail or tornado large hail specifically you'll see the adjusters will purposely fat finger line items when they're writing their exactimates or setting their scopes of damage so like for example if it's supposed to be 360 linear feet of drip edge they'll put six they do that on purpose all the time if it's supposed to be 34 squares they'll write it for 32 They do this on purpose, and it's just kind of how the business works. So think about this if you've listened to all the training cardinal casts. Every claim is underpaid with with intent, okay? And uh, it's actually, I call this the long con of the risk industry, and it's super important right now because we are handling a a new catastrophic loss in in our Tennessee office. But every claim is going to be underpaid with intent, and then they're going to write claims. They're going to write them as fast as they can. They're going to try to handle as many people as possible. From the insurance or the risk industry point of view, the faster the claims are handled with an adjuster and a check in hand, that helps their marketing. So That's why they flood all the damage areas with as many adjusters as possible. So they're gonna write every claim, they're gonna short write or underpay claims on purpose, and then if you've listened to the long con podcast, then they confuse the public by saying get bids. So if a homeowner who just had you know a tornado come through, giant hail, just had their roof ripped off, they're in panic mode, their house, their castle is ruined. Then you have all the storm chasers, all the junkies, all the gypsies from all over the country are trying to high pressure sales all these poor people and then they're confused, they're, f- they're fearful, they're in panic, and then that works in the insurance company's benefit because then what's going to happen is, you know, a lot of the people are going to get bids for the work. If the insurance company comes out and says, here's 12 grand, that's all you get. They're going to collect bids and they're going to get the work done for 12 grand. And just remember that many claims, if it's 12 grand, it's going to be a heck of a lot more than that if it's done right. So the insurance companies ultimately do win when there is a catastrophic loss. Now they're gonna pay out a lot, but every claim is gonna be 40%, 30%, 20% underpaid on purpose. So just remember that. If you can teach your homeowners when you're selling this, You know, if your intent here is to get this done fast and you're going to hire any Jack and Coke roofing company, any storm chaser, if you're trying to make money in your claim, then we're the wrong girl for you, okay? Now, if you want this done right, if you want to work together, if you want to work in orchestra with our company, with, with me, your project manager, we are gonna get your house put together in a timely manner, but also we're gonna get it indemnified whole, which means they're gonna pay for exactly what they are required to pay for and get the value of your home brought back to what it's supposed to be. So just remember that every claim is gonna be underpaid. Um, When there is a giant catastrophic loss like this with a tornado or with hail, seriously, it's way more important to have the contract signed and really, it doesn't matter if you go on the adjuster appointment. I mean, if you're new and you're trying to develop your experience and your relationship, but these adjusters are writing their claims, they're writing their exactimate so quick, they're giving ACV checks so fast that whether you're there or not really doesn't matter because they're gonna lowball the thing anyway. So I would encourage everybody, focus when there is a catastrophic loss, focus on signing contracts. Signing contracts, maybe up your aggressiveness a little bit more where you need to get contracts signed You need to get yards put in you need to mark your territory and then Don't leave your neighborhoods for more than a day. Maybe two We've seen people that work for the company that have went and got contracts signed Left for a week came back all their signs are gone They sign with somebody else and they got screwed of their commission So just be there be there, be there. Understand the dynamic of the whole operation. You know, you've got millions of dollars that they're going to pay out. So, you know, the insurance companies are saying, you know, if we short pay every claim, rather than twenty-five million, maybe it's twenty-four point five million by just lowballing every claim. Maybe it's twenty million. Who knows? But that's how it goes. Um, we'll have more coming. Have a good one. Hey everybody, it's Aaron. I wanted to do just a brief intro to the company so this is for people that are brand new whether you're door knocking whether you haven't heard from us the first thing is I implore everybody look at the website whether it's cardinalcat.com nashville-cat.com look at the websites the websites are kind of a cheat sheet that tell you who we are what we are Um, for the cardinal website in particular that's that's the first and that's the first website and uh in the Metro East Metro East of St. Louis that really showed all of the Metro East of St. Louis how to do insurance claims since we were the first company doing this. But we think they're really done, really well done. Um, they're very informative. Um, but here's how the company started. In 2010, um, my wife and I had just moved here from Colorado. I had worked for a local contractor out of the O'Fallon area that was broke, going bankrupt and really doing an awful job. So previous, I had worked for one of the largest roofing contractors in Denver, Colorado. And I had learned the business. I had learned how insurance claims work working in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado is uh, uh, right at the Continental Divide. You have uh, a place that's uh, called Hail Alley in Denver, which is the second most prone place to hail on the face of the earth. Uh, it's between the Nebraska panhandle, I think Cheyenne and Denver, it's called Hail Alley. Uh, number one is some place in mainland China, but Denver, Colorado gets a shitload of hail and there are a lot of companies that do what we do and do it super well. So I was lucky enough to be a door knocker and do some marketing, some telemarketing, just some general sales for Northwest Roofing out of Denver to get a lay of the land and learn the business. So fast forward as my my wife and I and Rudy at the time, we moved to the Metro East and nobody is doing insurance claims. So for a little longer than a year, I did hook up and worked as an independent sales rep, independent contractor with a roofing company or a contracting company that had never done insurance claims before. So this guy was uh, kind of a jack of all trades, uh, exactly the opposite of what we are, right? So I worked with him for a while. He stopped paying his bills. He started getting his houses leaned by roofers, yada, yada, yada. Roughly, I had done about close to two million in sales in about 19 months for this guy, and it was all insurance restoration, all insurance claims. I was door knocking. We were lucky enough to get hit with a tornado, and then the next year we got hit with a small hail in Edwardsville, and worked, 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 this guy, uh, for whatever reason, kind of pissed his money away and forced forced my hand. I told the guy that we just had our second child, Vernon. And I said, when he's in kindergarten, I may branch off and up, open up my own company up in Edwardsville. But I don't want to be your competitor. Long story short, this guy started bouncing checks and started doing some real unethical things. So he kind of forced my hand. So we start Cardinal 2010. And um, actually, Ken Ditzler worked for the uh, other company. And I brought him with me and I said, I'm gonna take a big risk. I'd like you to come with me. We're gonna do this the right way. I showed him the company, Baby Blue, the whole shooting match, and he's like, Yes, 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 I'm coming with you. So that's how it all started. We started knocking on doors and we started the Edwardsville area 2010, 2011. We had some smaller hailstorms. We did about 800,000 and maybe a million and a half those first couple of years of business. Um, had some turnover, unfortunately. Made a lot of mistakes. Learned how the business worked. And then in 2012, we got hit with a pretty decent-sized hailstorm in O'Fallon and Collinsville. We did over $4 million in sales, and that really kind of put us on the map. And here we are. So we started the company in 2010, and we can really say that we are the first and only company in the Metro East, might be all of Metro St. Louis, but for sure the Metro East, where all we do are insurance claims. So our core competency, our main focus, everything we do from the name of our company to how we go to market, how we talk to customers, some of our rules and regulations in terms of repairs and not giving out pricing are because we only do insurance claims. So we're the first and only one to do this. You'll see when there is giant hail or if there's a, a catastrophic loss, everybody's a storm claim expert, everybody's cardinal, but they don't, they're not all good at it. If you look at uh, some of our original marketing and I think this should even be in some of our current marketing you know one of the first pieces I put together was roofers roof contractors do a little bit of everything but when it comes to insurance claim they're not really good at it ask a roofer what non recoverable depreciation means ask a contractor what actual cash value means they don't know that stuff therefore when there is a giant hailstorm, or when you have to file an insurance claim, they're not really good at it. When there's big hail rocks, everybody's collecting checks. But 24-7, 365, whether there's big hail or there isn't a big hail storm, year in and year out, this is all we do is insurance claims. And we built the company to be friends with the risk industry. So, what that means is, you know, we're not circling bird shit, we're not circling blisters on a roof, we're not getting into a pissing match with the adjuster, we're not laying down on roofs when we don't like the outcome. We've spent the time to brand ourselves and to train ourselves to be Hague certified, so we understand residential roofing, we understand how adjusters look at roofing systems, we understand the dynamic of what hail damage functional damage does and bruising to a shingle to an asphalt shingle we understand repairability versus non repairability factors and we built the company to be friends with the insurance adjusters so we know that we're a niche we know that you know, you, I don't know if anybody's ever heard me say this, but I say we're two companies. You know, We're a big, giant company when there's a catastrophic loss, where we're doing hundreds and hundreds of claims. And then we're a smaller mom-and-pop company when we don't have the big, giant hail rocks. And we're working with old damage and, and three-tab roofing systems and non-repairable roofing systems. And those years, we won't be quite as busy, but those years can be equally as fun and equally as profitable if you do it right. But yeah, we're going on 11 years. Um, We own our own building in downtown Edwardsville. We've got three offices now. We've got one in Nashville, one in uh, St. Louis, and one in Edwardsville. Um, We do have one in Minnesota that's suspended for right now, and we do have the guttering company within Edwardsville. So we've got a bunch of things going on. But we're the first and only company where we only do claims. We built the business to be a maximum service to the risk industry. You'll see as you go through and you learn more about the company, um, we do like to work with insurance agents. We do like to work with the local insurance agent offices to build their relationship. So they give you referrals in the future. So we do want to be friends with the insurance companies. And that's a huge, huge thing that hardly anybody does in the business so that's a little bit about how it all started and where we are let's see oh last but not least the baby blue trucks so originally when uh, I had written this business plan in 2009 it was gonna be called Viking contracting because I'm from Minnesota I'm a huge Vikings fan but as it got closer to signing the paperwork to incorporate with our attorneys I'm like that's just that's dumb nobody in st. Louis likes the Vikings They're all Rams fans. But then it it hit me one morning that uh, everybody in St. Louis is a huge, huge St. Louis Cardinal baseball fan. So I've lived all over the country. I've never lived anywhere where baseball is number one. And it's number one, and there's not a close second. It's Cardinals, and it's kind of old school. They listen to uh, baseball games on the AM radio. It's really cool. So Cardinal. Then I wanted to be different than a contractor. I didn't want to be a roofer. I wanted to specialize in insurance claims. So, Cardinal Catastrophe Services. If you look at the two biggest insurance providers, Allstate and State Farm, their cat team, their catastrophic teams, their teams that travel, they're called State Farm Catastrophe Services. Allstate Catastrophe Services. So, once in a while, you may be mistook from from an insurance adjuster to think that we are a third-party adjuster which we're not we're a contractor but from the name of our company to exactly how we go to market we want to be friends with the insurance companies so then the baby blue truck